Well, hello. This is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast recorded Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Period of time we're getting close to elections again. Pendulum shift is due, I guess, you know. It's got to swing to the other side now. Democrats have sort of, kind of had control for a bit, so now we got to hand it back over to the Republicans, the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. Tax cuts for the wealthy and tax cuts for corporations. The organization that's twice nominated Donald John Trump to be president. They, they, they re-nominated a guy who finished second but became the president anyway because of electoral college and confirmed three Supreme Court justices abused his power. Stole government documents, lied about returning them, plus various other investigations. They're the organization that still, by and large, protects the man and is putting various things in place to try to keep him in his post. In his current position, his current position is one of a free man declaring that he's planning on running for president again. Like, he's not already in jail, even though he already... It's already been discovered that he committed a crime. He just hasn't been charged with it yet. What specific crime do we charge him with? And what to do in the meantime? How long to wait? What defense has he offered? None. Does it matter? We don't know yet. You know. Enough people didn't know that Donald Trump was a con man, that the Republican ideology was able to be, like, very much the law of the land kind of thing, even though they have minority support. You know, enough people went with the Trump thing. They were spread out in just the right way. The Trump party, the, the Trump political wing, known as the uh, Grand Old Party. They are also the organization that is adamant that women should not be allowed to do what's in their best interest of their own bodies. That they, government man, should have, you know, legal authority over what's going on inside of a woman's body. The exceptions being if if one of their mistresses gets pregnant and, and They'll certainly pay for an abortion for that mistress. That's totally agreeable. Yeah. And they'll even come to one of their colleagues' defense who who did that exact thing. Herschel Walker, Republican candidate, paid for his mistresses to get abortions. So Republican officials go down to help run his campaign. The ones that are like saying it should be a law illegal for a woman to get abortion. They're going to go to Herschel Walker and help campaign for him. Because he represents what they're truly, you know, protecting. The, the, the privileged ruling class, if their mistresses get pregnant and it's an unwanted pregnancy or whatever, yeah, they'll certainly pay to get an abortion. And that, that, won't, that mistress is not going to go to jail. But other women should, is what they are saying. Yeah. 
that that's what the law is that's what it's about so they're very pro that you know the main reason a lot of people vote for them is because there's only one other option and so the Republican Party certainly t uses that to its advantage. They only have one other team they have to compete against. And they don't have to actually compete against them necessarily. You know, it's purely a vote thing. So they can just sort of convince people that the other one sucks. And then people will vote for them. Just by out of, well, the other one is no good. And there's only one other one. You know, So that's enough to like be like, well, the, that, that leaves us then, Republican. Um, and, and that works, you know, socialized medicine, Benghazi, Hillary Clinton, you know, liberal agenda, whatever, you know, just sort of slogans to demonize democracy. You know, the Democratic Party is the other one. Republican Party is the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. The organization that nominated Donald John Trump, famous con man guy, D-list celebrity from the 80s and 90s who became a game show host. They nominated him twice to be the president of the United States. Their most devout followers picked Trump to be the president, even though the people picked someone else. They kind of overruled the people and said, no, Donald Trump should be the president. And that is how it happened. It was presented differently on election night, yes. But on election night in 2016, nothing was decided. We knew who the Electoral College voters would be in each respective state in one month. The one little caveat, though, the one per the person who had just won the vote, you know, they were it was forecasted to be that they were not going to win the Electoral College, though. So how about we fix that then? The person who just won the vote, the, you know, the Republic is informing us that their electoral college voters are are not going to vote for the person that we just vote for voted for Hillary Clinton she won by about 5 million in 2016 Donald Trump finished in second place that is an historical fact one month later the electoral college voters in each respective state came together and voted and Donald Trump got just over 270 votes to thus become the president elect a month after election night that is what ha that is what happened and the news just had to cover a presidential election out of normal tradition and stuff even though it's, it was clear and obvious that it was not a normal election they, they just felt compelled to cover it the same anyway even after the election night happened the person who just won is not going to be the winner though it appears you know, based off of what each state's laws are regarding who the Electoral College voters are and how they can vote in one month, when that vote happens, they're going to vote for someone different than who the people just voted for. So there, there's a there's a flaw here that, that has been exposed because the person who just won, they won by a lot. It's a clear, decisive victory. The person who came in second did very, very well indeed. It's not a landslide victory for the person who won, but it's a clear and decisive victory that has been overruled by a smaller group of people a month later. Why do we allow this to be? And it's because too many people watch Fox News and believe the Republican bullshit that's shoved down their throats by, you know, wealthy white men.
in positions of power. Trump gets millions of votes because of A, the R next to his name, and then B, the, the stuff he's saying. There's millions of people that really dig it. He's promising the building of the wall in the middle of the desert, banning Muslims from entering the country, an authoritarian, violent regime that acts violently towards anyone that speaks out against it. That's what he's offering. Uh, first thing they do, him and the Republican Party, is they cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations right away. Another thing they were promising, though, throughout the campaigns were the banning of abortion. And so several years later, they do indeed get that. A suppressing of individual liberty. And that's what it is. They also support the continued ban on certain plants that make people feel better. If you're not using drugs, you're going to go to jail. But if you're using plants, you might very well go to jail. Yep. You need to buy the drugs that are advertised on Fox News. Those pharmaceutical companies give various super PACs a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And then those super PACs give Republican officials, by and large, a lot of money, too. Some Democrats, too. And so they have to enforce certain policies that benefit those pharmaceutical interests. Certain plants are competitors to many types of drugs. Yeah, cannabis is a competitor to many types of drugs, but it's a plant, so far cheaper to grow and to produce. Yeah, so, and it offers benefit to people. There's many people who find benefit in it and live more productive lives with it. Hence, it's illegal. What's its other reason for being illegal? Well, because it's, it's almost impossible to virtually eradicated or something and so its true purpose gets revealed in the enforcement and its true purpose is to incarcerate high numbers of minorities because that is what it does the war on drugs and that's its purpose that's why it was created in the first place to get because an angry old racist white guy wanted to put black people in jail yep that's why it started and that's why it persists to this day that's what it's about. You can get all intellectual on kind of the health effects of, well, what happens if we just legalize it out? Or what if people start using? Yeah, I know it can be kind of a Pandora's box because it was made illegal for so many decades. You know? Yeah, that's, that's, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. Forbidden fruit type thing, I guess, or something, but different. You know, because it's not for everybody, certainly. But it probably is for many, especially CBD and such. And there's a lot of pain relief, relieving of various symptoms that many people could get from cannabis, as opposed to certain types of pharmaceutically produced drugs, you know, that big massive companies make. And then those companies with their profits, they also, you know, donate massive amounts to the super PACs that then donate massive amounts of money to certain specific politicians who then create laws that benefit those entities. Now, the Republican Party has leaned so heavily over the last few years into this that it's it's, it's one of those, you know, the sides have been drawn type thing. They understand that the way that they remain power is by lying to people, divide and conquer, is kind of the mindset, you know, get alienate the masses, but embolden the vocal minority. You know, the ones that you got wrapped around your finger, just wrap them around even tighter. 
Yes, you're going to alienate the masses with your policies and such. But the people who watch Fox News and listen to conservative media, though, they're going to be even more passionately supportive of you. And that's all you need. You don't need a majority, especially with you know the Senate. You don't need a majority of the populace to support you. You just need a certain number of the, a majority of the states. And you can kind of pick and choose which ones if you really want. You know, the world densely populated ones are going to be too much work. So maybe just don't even bother. It's only two two votes anyway. Even if there's 80 million people in this in the state, you know, 30 million or whatever, doesn't matter. It's just two senators. You know, so Republicans kind of focus their energies on those states where they still get two senators, but there's way fewer people to win over, if you will. You just find the ones that are susceptible to that kind of messaging, and you just zone in on them, you know. And this air is just, it's just an extreme example of, you know, the, the device of nature of politics in the U.S. You get two organizations, it's one or the other. And both kind of take advantage of that situation. The Democrats can be kind of weak in messaging it sometimes. They just have to seem at least somewhat humane at, at times. At least some level of giving a shit about working class people. And they can get in. A lot of times it's people just by putting a D next to their name. That, that'll work. There's people that think that Joe Manchin is a Democrat because he has a D next to his name. But, you know, he's a Republican. You know, he, he, he does things that benefit wealthy white interests. You know, the coal and oil industry and such and pharmaceutical interests and stuff. And occasionally, though, because he has the D next to his name, he sort of has to go with the caucus at times. But, you know, a lot of times he's more of an outlier. He tends to be more in line with the Republican ideology. Monitor the Republican ideology, though. Tax cuts for the wealthy, tax cuts for corporations, deny funding to basic infrastructure programs like health care, public education, social security, in some cases even cutting funding. Support a corrupt authoritarian-style government. Uh, they doubled down many times with the Trump era. Uh, they picked him. They nominated him, thus legitimizing him. Uh, I mean... First, they allowed him to participate in their debates. He, he switched his allegiance for the umpteenth time. He'd been running for president since I was in elementary school, middle school, early 90s, you know. Never got too far because he's Donald Trump. You know, he's, he's not a serious person, you know, compared certainly compared to some of the leaders that we do have. But he is somewhat comparable to some of the clownish figures in politics that have been around forever, like Lindsey Graham and such, but Lindsey Graham is at least intelligent, you know, he has a few brain cells going, you know, not a whole lot of integrity or honor or anything, obviously, but possibly a bit more than Trump, he's a little bit more calculating, but no, he wouldn't make a good president or anything, but it's... There is a higher level of intelligence there. Most most people exhibit a higher level of intelligence than Trump. Trump thought that his cognitive test was like an intelligence test. No, it was just, if you pass it, then you probably don't have dementia. That, that's, that, that doesn't mean that you're highly intelligent, just because you don't have dementia. 
He didn't understand that, though, and he was bragging about scoring really well on a dementia test. Um, but he's a very dumb, incompetent, arrogant man, and that's what he's famous for being. That's why he's well-known. Not really sure why people didn't know that, especially people that read the Bible all the time, go to church all the time on Sunday. I, I never really quite understood what was going on there. The, the mental gymnastics of folks that are going to church every Sunday very vocally and proudly proclaiming a very particular message and then in the same breath kind of admitting or, or however you want to word it that they also support Donald Trump to be the president. How do you not, it just, that's a contradiction. Like, that's so clear and obvious and, and like why am I having to tell you that? Why aren't there religious leaders advising people to not vote for Trump? Why isn't that more common? But it was the opposite. There was religious leaders telling people to vote for Trump. Why are you doing... Like, what? <laughs> but it confirmed a lot for me, like, my drifting away from the church a long time ago. Because there was that kind of thing. This weird, like, saying certain stuff from the bottom. And quoting certain things and saying a certain message. But then saying other stuff that's, like, the exact opposite. You know, like, no, Trump's not a person, <laughs> like, what are we, what, huh, what are we talking about here, like, what, I don't, it's very confusing, I don't, I don't know what is going on there, you know, like, he kind of leans into what he is, pretty heavy, you know, he's not, the ethos he's representing throughout his life, in full public view, it is not a Christian life. I, I don't know why that's a thing that many believe who claim to also embrace a Christian life. They're saying, I'm this, and he's that too. Well, uh, if you're aligned with him, then you're, you're something different than what Jesus was talking about. Because Trump is not that. Empathetic, asking forgiveness... Giving forgiveness, you know. Um, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Helping cure the sick, feed the hungry. No, that's not Trump. No, he he was a he's a very vengeful, spiteful man, born into privilege. who used his privilege to exploit other people, to benefit his own position, and he didn't really care who it fucked over. Yeah, and famously so is the thing. That's why we know his name, because he's a corrupt business person who made business corruptly, you know, known criminal associations where he would benefit from having associations with criminal elements, you know, do business with them, aiding and assisting in criminal activity type of thing, fraudulent activity. He's also a liar, known, this is known that's a factual statement that's not a political statement he's he's a man who lies a lot we all lie we all embellish he, he he tells whoppers of a lie to the point where it's, it's unclear if he even understands what the truth is he may not even know or care the truth is whatever he says it is you know in his mind he said it's this way, so that's what it is. It's, um, it's, uh, 
it's just disappointing, you know, because he's still roaming around. One of the two options is still, by and large, protecting him, still having high-ranking officials campaign for him and stuff, or, you know, or whatever it's called that he's doing right now, you know, appearing at his events. So, um, I don't know. If we don't come to some resolution with this Trump thing, as well as the Republican Party, soon, uh, this country can't last. And, you know, we, we we can't. We will not be the United States of America in, in in any sense of the word. If Republican ideology in its current form continues to be accepted in mass. You know, like, they are condoning and enforcing a oppressive government that suppresses minorities and the poor, deliberately and willingly. And then actually, very openly, corruptly, encourages corrupt behavior, fully out in the open, and is still getting votes. You know, they, I mean, they are what they are. And the way they were able to get away with it is their only other competition is the Democrats. Because the only competition for the Democrats is the Republicans, the Democrats get lazy and just kind of expect at least a majority of the people to go for them and so they can maintain some relevance simply because they're not the Republicans. You know, they're not that. The Fox News constituency, you know. If you don't watch Fox News every day, you're probably not going to dig the Republican Party. You're probably not going to think they're all that great regardless of what your political affiliation is, you know. I'm not a member of any political organization. I'm a Sigma Nu. That's that's an organization I'm a member of. Principles are Sigma Nu are love, truth, and honor. So hence, I can't vote for Donald John Trump because he has none of those qualities, clearly and obviously. You know, we we all know that. It's not a it's not a secret. It's not a political statement. You know, it's a commentary about a well-known public figure who was a D-list celebrity not too long ago. And then he became a game show host. Then he started saying racist stuff about the first African-American president. It wasn't the first time in his life he said something racist and stupid. It was another thing he was famous for, in addition to being the bankruptor of companies, person who cheated on his wives a lot. And then, you know, sometimes or once he ran for president, he used campaign finance donations campaign donations to pay off one of his mistresses, porn star by the name of Stormy Daniels, to keep quiet about their said interloping or whatever, that he had basically just sort of paid for or something, the the interaction, if you will, you know. He had it set up, and then while his wife was pregnant, he hooked up with a porn star, and then use money that was donated to his political campaign to have her sign a NSA agreement. His lawyer went to jail for that. He's co-conspirator cool number two. Donald Trump is co-conspirator cool number one. That crime just gets kind of lost in the shuffle because Stormy Daniels' attorney kind of ran into some trouble. And then it, it, it's like, he just kind of, you know... and. Trump's MO of just kicking the can down, I mean, it, it works a lot of the times. Most of the time, you just, you just barrage the public with so much bullshit 
that they can only handle so much. And so some people just, they, they just throw the whole pile of shit away and just toss it to the side and they just start fresh every day or something. You know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, there's just so much and none of it is good. Like all the information about him is pretty much bad. You know, it's, he is what he is, you know, and famously so. It's not, but some people just believe otherwise, you know, for whatever reason. Even though some of them profess to have been raised on a certain ethos that completely contradicts what Trump is. They still insist on following him anyway. You know, people that are claiming to be followers of Jesus and yet insist on being proud, vocal supporters of Trump in the way that they are. You want to be a supporter of Trump and be Christian? Pray that Trump seeks the help that he needs. He needs to get institutionalized. He needs to be put in a home. He's a very old, mentally deteriorating person. There's very dangerous sociopathic narcissistic tendencies that when given any kind of power, he abuses said power and it causes harm to others. Okay, so yeah, he needs help. He needs, like, counseling. He needs to be put in a home. And he needs to be not... Have access to virtually unlimited resources. That That's not good for a personality like him. He needs to be, like, probably humbled quite a bit. You know? Not necessarily turned into destitute, but, like... Yeah. He needs quite a bit. I don't know if there's time for redemption in Trump's life in this mortal life like my prediction is more that his estate gets liquidated some of the funds get used to build various institutions some even that maybe bear his name and then future generations associate his name more with that institution than they do with the actual guy who was a pretty wretched dude you know didn't really accomplish much good but my it may inadvertently post-mortem, if you will, because his liquidated empire will be used to build, you know, libraries and hospitals and stuff that might very well bear his name. He'll, of course, fight this while he's still alive, but that'll eventually get forgotten over time, especially if once the library's been there for a couple hundred years or something, you know. People aren't going to really remember that they... But if also may come to the point where like the place doesn't want to be named after that and eventually it'll go through a name change or something but like it'll still be somewhere on there where like it's it's in a certain endowment that has his name on it or something that was created from his liquidated empire so you'll still get credit somehow somewhere I, I don't know i mean i don't really see a whole lot of opportunities for like robust redemption for the man in this mortal life because he's been pretty wretched for quite a while now. He'd embraced a certain path at a very young age, and he never diverted from it. And it was one of sociopathic tendencies. Win at all costs. Who cares who loses? And that's what he went with and stuck to. You know, he was a con man. He made a living as a con man. You know, gain people's confidence and then exploit them for your own personal gain. And that's what he did. And continued to do even as president. Unfortunately, though, there's many people claiming to be Christian that believe otherwise regarding the Trump 
story, even though it just is what it is, you know, you can try and squeeze, squeeze water out of a dry sponge, but eventually just have a bunch of crumpled sponge in your hand, it's really a dry sponge, I don't know, <laughs> it's, uh, The whatever people were thinking he was, as far as some kind of savior thing, it's not, he's not it, you know, he, he doesn't lead you to redemption, because he doesn't want it for himself anyway, and doesn't believe that he's, needs to seek it, kind of, he feels like he's already, already achieved it at birth, or something, you know, he has no, no need to ask for forgiveness, he's said many times. Nothing to be forgiven for him, of all people. He's done some pretty bad things in his life. None of them are bad, as in his mind. He's he's a perfect little angel. It's uh, kind of disturbing. That's why it's also frustrating for a person like me to be a person that's like, why are Christians supporting that guy? Why isn't that message coming from religious leaders instead of the opposite? Just, I mean, there's plenty of religious leaders that are speaking out against Trump and have been for a while, but there's way too many that get in the limelight, that get publicity by telling people to support Trump in that way, in the in the MAGA way. Support an authoritarian, racist, ideology, corrupt, dishonest person with sociopathic tendencies to be, to have more power. Why? Why? You know, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. But the fact that it has to come from a person like me, like I'm not, I'm not, I don't go to church every Sunday, you know. But there's kind of a no duh kind of aspect to the Trump era. Like of all the people that you should be supporting as a Christian, it's not him. Like of all the people you should be voting for, in that sense, you know, giving power to, it's not him. Obviously, that's the thing. It's obvious. So it's. I'm not really sure who the people that are going to church every Sunday and so proud in their Christianity and they really rub it in your face sometimes and then they're going to say they're voting Trump. It's like, what? Oh, so you're not really a Christian then? You're just saying it for the community or something? Like, what, what are you doing? Who are you fooling? Like, even people who don't aren't Christian are at least have some familiarity with the teachings of Jesus and you're claiming to support to be that and support Trump and you're not understanding the contradiction you don't already have some kind of built in disclaimer of some kind you aren't already prepared for like a confused look questions about that obvious contradiction you're not already pondering that if you're not already then again who are you fooling so you've been pretending the whole time you know you don't actually believe like what is it <laughs> Because, again, who are you fooling? I get it that Trump doesn't have, like, horns and stuff, but come on now. He's 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 preaching the opposite. He's not preaching empathy. He's preaching apathy. He's not preaching avoiding the seven deadly sins, delivering me not from temptation, but delivering me from evil. He's saying drape yourself in it. Embrace a life of the seven deadly sins fully. You know, go all in on that kind of thing. And that's what he's saying and has done throughout his life. Look at him. Look at him now. Donald John Trump. That kind of lifestyle does not age well. And it doesn't 
doesn't have a whole lot of positive benefit for the people close around him. A lot of them go to jail. And there's people that get hurt. Not just emotionally or something, you know? Like, real physical harm becomes people. A real prideful, vengeful man who doesn't believe he ever does anything wrong is in a position of power and authority and airborne illness is coming. How does that man with those personality traits handle said situation? Extremely poorly is how he handled it. It was too much for him because it required empathy. It required caring about other human beings and he was incapable of that. He was worried about what his approval rating was. But only kinda. If he was really worried about his approval rating, then he'd be a humane individual and do the right thing with regards to an airborne illness that's coming this way and killing people. Advise people to take precautions. Does it need to be an all-out mandatory ban on things? And some, Probably don't necessarily need to get to that. Highly advise. Stick with highly advising. It's right out of the gate. I highly advise recommend. Americans to take necessary precautions from this airborne illness that is killing people. Doctors recommend wearing a mask in public, six feet distancing, such, etc., etc. Highly advise. Stick with highly advise. Then it doesn't ruffle the don't tread on me motherfuckers that are like, that as soon as it turns into a mandatory thing, they immediately turn it into a protest thing. You know, and start shouting at people and stuff and having conventions where they all get together and stuff. And then. Yeah, that it becomes this weird story that you get used to hearing about. See that guy that was at the thing? He's dead now. See this other guy that was at this thing on video broadcasting how he hated the anti-masker? They're dead now. It happens so often that we just became numb to it and just accustomed to it. We became accustomed to things just moving really, really fast but kind of slow at the same time. So that story about a person who was anti-mask attending some big public event, broadcasting it to the world, and then later dying was just a story that we started hearing often. But it got, like, muffled with all the other insanity going on. There's people loudly, proudly proclaiming that they were anti-mask and were not going to get vaccinated, and then shortly after that they were dead. They're gone. They're no longer with us. And it just got kind of... Almost kind of lost in the shuffle. With all the shit going on. All the distraction. All the get back to work, everybody. These corporations got to grow. <laughs> yeah, we know you're all dying. But who gives a fuck? You know, the wealthy white people who own all the corporations want more money. So the other way we're going to give them more money is we're going to cut their taxes. But they had already done that, so I'm sure they're thinking about how to do it again. Those people that own the economy, a lot of them don't really do anything. They require massive numbers of people to go to work every day and generate productivity. And the mass of revenue that comes from that productivity, most of it goes to the people who own the economy. Who don't really do anything. They own the economy. They don't have to do the doing. They get paid to own. And that's their job, is to own, to be alive. And then once they die, they can, you know, leave their estate to their descendants. 
they can continue to own as their job. Their job is to be the owner. And we put a lot of praise and stuff in owners, especially in pro sports. Like, like they really have such a say in what the team is and stuff. Some have more than others, and some are just really publicity hounds and stuff and like being in the limelight. And if you're wealthy, you kind of get to be. If you're wealthy and the owner of a sports team, if you want to be on TV, you, you definitely can. You can go on sports shows anytime you want, really, if you want to. Just kind of call up a talk show and say, hey, I want to do an interview. Yeah, one of them would be glad to have you. And if you do do well, yeah, there might be more people that will actually call you and have you in. But most owners don't do that. Uh, that could be certainly part of their job, doing public relations and stuff like that, but it's not really necessary. They, they don't, out of maybe guilt, some of them do indeed do something related to the thing that they own, but they don't really have to, you know. A lot of times it is just for show. Appear at the place where the work is done, wearing a nice suit and maybe like, and walk around and like point at stuff and kind of sit in a high lofty place and kind of, and mingle with other people wearing suits and stuff. So to look like you're really, 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 really like legit doing something, but they're not, you know, no. Well, they're making really important decisions. Decisions that can be made by other people, you know, decisions that don't require, you know, like why do you need to be a billionaire to be able to make that decision? Why can't, couldn't it be more of a collective, you know, why, why couldn't a sports team be publicly owned? In a more overt sense, more true sense of the word, you know, because the owners bounce teams around all the time anyway and stuff. You know, it, it, a lot of times the pro sports teams become just, you know, an asset of an owner, a wealthy white owner, and that's all it is. Yeah, but it gets good marketing can present it as something as something different. But yeah, I've kind of. Over the years, have kind of, I don't know, had a wavering interest in pro sports. It's not so much the product on the field, on the court. It's the kind of bureaucratic bullshit up in the luxury boxes and stuff. I don't know. The billionaires who own the teams. They're the ones that get most of the money, you know, as well as the athletes do in their short careers. It's the owners that get bulk of the money. They're the owners. The, the money just comes to them the entirety of their life. I mean, the entirety of the time they're the owner. And again, their time commitment is as much as they want it to be. So zero if they want. Yeah, they can just hire someone that does all the stuff. And they can have little to any involvement. If they just hire the right people initially, boom. And then... A certain percentage of revenues goes to them. A certain percentage of profits, whatever. But pro sports, understanding pro sports and how they're structured. Billionaire white guys own the teams. Minority players play. And other, you know, plenty of white players in pro sports too. But a lot of players from humble beginnings that play in pro sports. They won't play, make as much as the owners. Nor will their careers be as long. But they will do quite well. They'll also take far more of a, you know, physical toll on their bodies, especially sports like football, you know, like 
even just a two, three-year long career in the NFL, especially now with the season being longer, it's going to take quite a toll on the body that you'll have to deal with for the rest of your life. You know, no matter how young you are when you retire, uh, there's plenty of exceptions, but yeah, there's plenty that fit right into that. Where yeah, more than just kind of aches and pains and stuff. There's also all the head injuries. Those add up. And again, adding the season longer. So, but they won't. Again, they won't make as much though as the owners. Bulk of that revenue that goes into the NFL, the Shield, and all that goes to protect the interests of the owners. You can't have a, a greater abundance of teams in different mid to small market cities and and like a something like you know football in Europe, where there's like divisions and stuff. You know, kind of a ranking of leagues, Champions League and the whatever one before it and all that, Premier League and all that. Like, you can totally have that, which would allow more teams and stuff, but it would also mean diversification of the power structure and stuff. I mean, you might not have just a small group that controls the entirety of the sport at its professional level in the United States. You spread it out a little bit more, you kind of have different leagues of different competitive levels or whatever. Finish last place, the worst record, whatever, NFL, then you drop down to the lower league, AFL, whatever, you know, bring back the AFL. Not necessarily a competing league, but like the next bracket down, you know, the bottom tier teams, just drop them down to the AFL. If you finish, you win the AFL, make it to the AFL playoffs or championship, whatever, then, then you move up to the next one next year, something, you know, I don't know. A more tiered system, basketball could certainly benefit. Uh, they they kind of sort of have it, but it's more like a developmental league. I know. Could so much of how many so many for-profit entities are structured? It's how the owner of the entity makes the bulk of the profit, and then keep expenses as minimal as possible. You know, paying the people that are going to be doing all the work or performing the service. You know, whatever. You want to keep that cost as minimal as possible, to the point where salary caps are introduced well you can't pay your your expense of paying people to be the product on the court or you know the service provided can't be over this you got to keep that under that now there's no salary cap for the owners though they can earn as much as they want yeah and they do but the players though whose careers are limited and are going to take more of a financial physical impact on their body costs and stuff they have a cap to how much they can earn. At least the team does. Which is going to kind of limit how much individual players can earn if they want to be in a competitive team. So it's, uh, I don't know, but it's kind of a microcosm of the current situation in the United States as a whole, too. You know, the Republican Party is focused on that very top group, the kind of owner class, you know, making sure their tax rate is less so they have more money and power to spend as freely as they want and to do whatever they want. But everyone else, the working class, whose entire income comes from working and is only going to come while they're working. You know, the pro athlete's massive income is only going to be while they're a pro athlete, unless they get lucky enough to move on to multimedia or something, or, you know, there's some that become like financial advisors or good business people and types. But many, they retire and just retire and live kind of modest lives after like football. And if you do it right, you can just retire. If you want, and just never work again, even if you're making the league minimum, but you're going to have to be modest. You're going to have to get things set in place to where and live on a budget and type thing. 
It's not going to have to be necessarily living in squalor, but yeah, you live in a house that you've already bought and just have to pay the property taxes every year, have your car paid off, and, and just make sure you got a basic living allowance every month. You don't necessarily have to ever work again, but you're not going to be able to live like a king if you're only making the league minimum. Your work time is short, higher income, but a very short work window. For the vast working class, the income potential is, it's okay, not pro-athlete level, but your work window is longer, you have more time, but there is a period of time where combination of either not wanting to work anymore or not being able to work will eventually come, you know, and then what, you know, what happens after that, and uh, Republican Party is very much the organization that has openly kind of declared, we don't give a fuck, you know, it's kind of their message, we don't care, that that's not their concern, individual liberty, of the wealthy ruling class is what is most important. That individual liberty. You know, the wealthiest want more. So if you, the working class folk, just have to work until you die, so be it. You know, that's 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 what they're concerned with, Republican Party. They, they protect the interests of the wealthy. They're the owner billionaire class. Okay? We are the working class. The vast majority of us. No matter making you know zero to eight hundred thousand dollars a year we're working class yeah we're, we're not in the top two percent that, that's a very exclusive club millions of dollars a year estates in the hundreds of millions if not billions each billion is one thousand millions you know some of those billionaires increase their estates by billions of dollars during the time that a million people died no those owners didn't do anything new or innovative you know, there was a pandemic happening. So in some cases, this that people were, because they were inside, they were ordering more things online and stuff. That's why Amazon's you know, company value went up. Did Amazon use the increase in value to pay its employees more, better benefits? No. Jeff Bezos did go to uh, space, though. Yeah. So that, that's one thing. So his estate is worth more billions now. But healthcare is still not a right, nor is education. And the Republican Party calls that the crowning achievement of their career. Yep, the fact that healthcare is still, to this day, not a right, nor is education. But healthy, but you know, wealthy people back in 2017 did get more money in their pocket. They were able to retain a higher percentage of the profit that just sort of flows to them. A massive amount of pro- profit that was a exorbitant amount of money already. It now is even bigger. And that was the crowning achievement of many Republicans' career. And now with the midterms approaching, it's still the same situation where we got one or the other. We got the Republicans, what they are. Organization picked Donald John Trump. They're pro-tax cuts wealthy, tax cuts corporations. They're pro-punishing women for going to the doctor. They're pro-punishing people, primarily minorities, African-American men for growing, selling, or possessing a plant, or a concentrated version of a plant. They call it gateway drug. Yeah. They like throwing people in jail, specifically minorities. They like throwing poor women and and women of color in jail for going to the doctor. They like tax cuts for the wealthy, tax cuts for corporations. They like giving the power and responsibility of the presidency of the United States of, of the government of America. The power and responsibility of the president 
of the United States of America. They, they wanted that post to be held by Donald John Trump, a famous con man. They're that organization. And then there's the other one. Still to this day, that's it. That, that's all we got. We got the one that's awful. Just bad in its current form. But there's just enough folks watching Fox News, Sinclair Broadcasting, OAN Network, Breitbart, Infowars, whatever, that believe that it's awesome. You know, They watch so much conservative media and they're told so much stuff. Mostly just negative stuff about the one other option. You know, so that's a main reason Republican Party remains relevant. Their message is not popular, but they just don't have a whole lot of competition. They only have one other team they got to compete against. So it just kind of creates a, a very weak sport, if you will. You know, because it's just one team competes against the other team every every week, every election, and that's it. There aren't any other teams that are invited to the tournament for whatever reason because they do exist you know there are teams that do want to compete they're just not allowed or just not whatever news doesn't tell us about them it seems like they should when, when the republican party has revealed itself in its full true form yes they're the organization that benefits because a lot of people watch fox news breitbart Infowars, and the like sinclair broadcasting Yeah, there's millions of Americans that watch those news sources, and thus a very high percentage of those people vote Republican. Yep. What are you going to do? You know, it's been going on for a while now. Folks watching Fox News to get information. It's always been propaganda, but some people like propaganda. They like being told what to think for whatever reason, you know, uh... I've never understood the appeal of it, you know, but some people just dig it and not just as an entertainment source. It's like their information source. They don't get other sources of information. Maybe there's some in Fox News watching crowd that does get some balanced perspective, but obviously there's many that do not. Hence the whole Trump era. You know, you don't get that without people gobbling up certain information sources. And ignoring many others. That's the other key part. You, you can't think that Trump is awesome purely and solely by just absorbing certain information sources. You have to ignore mountain ranges of evidence you know, that have been just building for decades. You have to be completely oblivious of it. How is that? How does that have come to be? Where is that from? Why is that a thing? I don't know. I, I don't know why there's people that think Trump is a successful businessman or unaware of all the scandals and fraud, fraudulent activity over the decades. Why is that? Or why do they just have an easy excuse to just brush it off like it's nothing or something? Like, what is that about? What What is the unyielding loyalty that many people have to the guy? What is that about? Given what he truly is and is demonstrated, a complete lack of remorse for any of the things he's done. Trump is just, just feel pity for the man. You know, I, I hope before he leaves this world, he asks for some kind of forgiveness, redemption, you know, 
some kind of understanding of the wrong that he's did throughout his life. You know, we all do wrong things, but he was given a lot of power and he abused it. But the, even the people that acknowledged that he abused it, they they couldn't hold it. They, they, they just couldn't hold him accountable. They didn't have it in them. You know, when he when Trump encouraged his supporters to commit violence and commit crimes on his behalf. Some Republican officials spoke out against it on, you know, in the moment, you know, on day of, but then just shortly thereafter, Kevin McCarthy, he's flying all the way down to Florida to kiss Trump's ass. You know, he couldn't just stay coarse. I mean, the writing is on the wall. The Republican Party is what it is. They're the organization that went all in on Donald John Trump, famous con man dipshit guy. Millions of folks didn't know that Donald Trump was a con man. They liked what he said. Yeah, he's a guy that says stuff to get you to vote for him, to get you to buy into his bullshit. You're a person that likes that. How unfortunate. How do you not like it anymore or something? How do you get there? But, you know. But so the Republican Party is that organization, though. They're the ones that were willing to take advantage of the fact that, yep, there's millions of folks that are going to make voting choices based off of what they hear on conservative media and propaganda. If you tell them to do something, they, they will do it. So you know, you're going to alienate the masses, though. But that was the risk that the Republican Party was willing to take. As long as they get enough votes to stay in power, then they'll be able to cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations and, you know, continue to pursue their primary objective. Which is that? Protecting the interests of the wealthy. Uh, that is what they do in their modern form. And they're willing to condone just about anything in order to achieve it. And, and again, in order to achieve that, they have to stay in power. And that's where the, the, the flip-flopping and the rhetoric and the getting the divisiveness of their campaigns comes in. It's not about unity. It's about divisiveness. Alienating the masses, but emboldening that vocal minority that watch a shit ton of conservative media. Getting them really riled up. And so, that's what the Republican Party does. Demonize the other. Everyone else who opposes us is Democrat. Or liberal, socialist, whatever. Because you don't want the government to be fascist and corrupt. And catering to the interests solely of the wealthy. You, know, you don't want that, so that means you're a socialist. You're anti-American or something. It's like, but their weird messaging works with just enough folks so that they're able to re remain relevant and in power. Meanwhile, the masses are just like, what do we do? Well, you vote, yeah, but... What do you do in those red states that senators just win automatically and there's nothing you can do about it? And what if they have enough of those states that, yeah, they retain power, but their percentage of the people is like barely anything. Maybe it's as low as like 30%, but they somehow have a 55% in the Senate. You know, like 56% or whatever. It's, uh, I don't know. Hoping more options get presented, but 
this country has to we, we have to get something sorted here you know that it's it's gone too far you know there's still only two and one of the two is is, is totally just they're not even trying anymore they, they know what it is and they don't care yeah it's us against them type thing it's you know is, is their strategy you know they their contingency is is wealthy is the wealthy affluent class and the people that vote for them is some in that group, you know, the ones that give them money. And then a huge group of folks across America that watch Fox News and other conservative media sources. Those, that's the pro-Republican in the modern form movement or whatever. You know, that, that's it. Everyone outside of that kind of knows what the organization is and is it at a minimum not supportive of it may or may not be democrat may or not be even considering democrat you know maybe maybe st still searching for what their representation where it is you know still searching probably go a fair amount democrat in the next one but hopefully there's some other options too yeah but we'll see a lot of things are still just business as usual, even though Trump was quite the disruptor of things and, and exposed a lot of weaknesses in our government. Electoral college is a big one. We need to get that fixed. So we need to nip that in the butt. We, we, we can't have another one of these because the next, the next one will be worse. If there's a Ron DeSantis type, you will have a situation very likely of a popular vote winner by a shit ton, maybe 10 million or more who still loses the Electoral College. You know, 270 people decide that this other guy should be president. Sorry, the masses, people of the United States of America, your vote doesn't count. This smaller group of people that you did not elect have decided it's going to be this person instead. That's what happened in 2016, but it can't happen again. We, we can't keep doing this, you know, because... The Republican Party overplayed their hand. They, they did not have an overwhelming majority support, but they pretended like they did. And that's, that's not what they have, and that's not what they've had for a long time. They do not have the majority of the support. The only way they're able to maintain, maintain any relevance is by dividing us. And it, it, it's only going to work so long. It, it's eventually going to bite them in the ass, this strategy of dividing the masses against and pitting them against each other in just so they can benefit the interest of a tiny tiny percentage of people their objectives have been exposed over the last several years it's just making people more aware of them and yearning for better options and pursuing them and voting for them so make sure you are registered to vote make sure you vote for candidates that are pro health care as a right and education as a right pro voting as a right you know pro-investment in infrastructure, which creates lots of jobs and such, and still plenty of room for business. Make sure you don't vote for candidates that are fraudulent and lie, and who aren't going to protect your interests. Stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary, thinking out loud.